So if you have your Bibles this morning, please turn into the book of Mark chapter 9. Take out your sermon notes if you'd like to follow along in your, with the sermon. And uh, uh, I know that we had uh, some extra stuff today, so I'm going to be brief today, uh, or try to be. I know miracles still happen. <laughs> Mark chapter 9. So a six-year-old girl was drawing a picture one day, and her, her teacher said, what are you drawing? The little girl answered, I'm drawing a picture of God. The teacher was surprised and said, but now, honey, nobody knows what God looks like. The little girl carried on, continued to draw, and replied, they will in a minute. (laughs) Well, today's scripture, God is going to set a child before us to show us something about God. How God is going to reveal his heart towards children and uh, how we can be received by God and also teaching disciples what greatness looks like. So Mark chapter 9, we just came off the Transfiguration Mountain and the meeting with Jesus and then there was a story uh, that about uh, a demon-possessed boy that Jesus delivered. But we're going to chapter 9 and verse 33, Jesus says this. He says, he came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, what was it you disputed among yourselves on the road? But they kept silent, for on the road they had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. There was that silent, embarrassing moment for them. Verse 35, and he sat down and called the 12 out, and called the 12 and said to them, if anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. And he took a little child and set them in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said to them, whosoever or whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. Jesus is saying, you, you, when you receive me, you know, you're not just receiving me, you're receiving God the Father. And so the disciples are walking along on this journey, and they're discussing who's going to be the greatest among themselves. They had the mind set that the the kingdom of God was coming in, the physical kingdom, and Jesus was there at that moment getting ready to establish the physical kingdom. But they had missed the point, the great point why Jesus had come. You know, remember, that's been an ongoing issue with Jesus and the disciples. And so they're sitting there, and they're, they're discussing who is going to be the greatest in this kingdom among themselves. I don't know what that conversation looked like, but I'm sure it was, it was pretty colorful. It was uh, describing and elevating and talking about their good points, and, and I don't know, they were, they were discussing this. I know that, that never happens among us. We never have those times where we discuss, you know, and think who's more important, or even in our own mind and in our, in ourselves uh, with our own thinking. So Jesus is going to set them straight, all right? So he, he brings them along, and, he, and it says in verse 35, and he sat down. Now, when, when we're thinking about the set, sitting down, Jesus put this in, in the scripture very, uh, and did this action for, uh, for them and for us to understand that Jesus is going to act like a rabbi, a teacher. When a rabbi was getting ready to teach his class, they would always sit down, and you know in that sitting position, they're getting ready to teach something important. So Jesus sits down, 
and he's taken the position of a teacher, a rabbi, and his pupils are standing there before him, uh, the disciples, and he's getting ready to teach them. Now, there are two points I want to bring out in the story uh, how he is going to settle who is the greatest among them and solve the argument, you know, put the, the discussion to rest. So Jesus is going to share with him what it is that makes a person great. And we have to stop here and understand when we talk about God and, and what he considers great, most of the time the world has a different view. It's kind of like the spectrum. God is over here and he says this, and the world is over here and on the other side saying something totally different. You remember when Jesus was tempted by Satan, and, and Satan brought him before the world, and he says, here, I'm going to make you great, Jesus, if you will bow down to me. And, and he gives three areas that he could make um, Jesus great. Lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, and the lust of the eyes. These are three areas that, that, that he petitioned uh, for Jesus to submit to him, and he would give these to him. Of course, Jesus didn't yield to that temptation. And so when we see the world, the world has a different definition of greatness. Very true as we look here at what Jesus says. The first thing I want you to understand, Jesus teaches greatness through humility. The world doesn't teach that. But Jesus says, if you want to be great, I want you to be humble. You take a humble and says, what does humility look like? Well, he gives us two, two points here. First of all, he says, choose to be last. It says there, he says, as, it says, uh, if anyone desires to be first, he shall be the last, he shall be last of all. And so Jesus is saying here that uh, he challenged them to be last, you know, have the mindset of, of always looking uh, uh, to be last, to be, uh, prefer others before uh, oneself. The desire to be praised and to gain recognition should be foreign to a follower of Jesus. Jesus wants to embrace last as a choice. He wants us to have the, the way or the pattern of life allowing others to be preferred before us. He says, if you do that, you'll be great. And then he says the second point, be a servant. What does humility look like? Being a servant to all. Have this, have this servant attitude. Now, as we think about servant, and we think about ambition, it was not that Jesus abolished ambition. He just recreated what we we're to be uh, ambitious about. Refine. You know, we can be amb ambitious uh, and if anything that we need to be ambitious is this. Listen to this. For the ambition to be first in line, he sub substituted the ambition to be last in line. For the ambition to be treated like a special guest, he substituted the ab ambition to be like the lowest servant. Remember when Jesus washed the servant's feet? That was, he said, you strive to be like that. He gave that great example. For the ambition to have things done for us, he substituted the ambition to do things for others. Jesus is saying the greatest in the kingdom is defined how, how great a servant you and I are. It's not our talents and our gifts. 
He's mentioned there, he didn't mention those. And though we have those gifts and we have those talents, but we're to use those. Listen, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are used for others' benefits, every one of them. They, they are meant to be used to serve others. What God has given us is meant for us to serve, to be a service to others. And so Jesus is saying, what well, it makes a great husband or what makes a great wife, or what makes a great parent, what makes a great employee, is the attitude of service. I'm a servant. How can I serve? You know, God says, the person that is humble, he will lift us up. James 4.10 says it very clear. It says, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. It said that Napoleon once lost control of his horse, and a private jumping into the path of the horse took control of it. And Napoleon then said, thank you, captain. And with that one word, Napoleon promoted the soldier from the rank from private to captain because it was because that soldier put his general first. <laughs> this is what God is. He said, I will promote and honor those who are servants. Those are the people that he wants to work with. Those are the people that he can pour his life in. Those are the people that have that willingness uh, to be used of God and to be a blessing to others. Jesus came as a servant. When, we, when we're talking about being the first, uh, the, being the last and, and being the servant, this is a great description of who Jesus is. Jesus is describing himself because he, he was definitely, he was always putting other people first. From the simple act of washing someone's feet, from, from going to the cross, the, the great uh, sacrifice he did as a, a great servant towards us, as a kindness and graciousness to help us in our greatest need. Forgiveness of our sins. Jesus was willing to do that. And then the second thing I want you to notice here, Jesus uses child. He, he, this little child, he sits him up in the midst of them, draws their attention to them, and to uh, and as he and as he does that, um, that he's bringing out this great point. Now, children in the day of Jesus were regarded more, listen, as property than individuals, objects. Uh, it was understood that they were to be seen and not heard. So this is, so in the context of this, you have to understand that Jesus, this is the way Jesus is speaking. He's speaking, and, and in their value system of, uh, in that culture was, you know, children way down here. And so when he is doing something very dramatic, drastic, um, revolution, he brings the child, sets him in front of them, and he talks about how that we should receive children. He says this, whoever embraces one of these children as I do, embraces me. I mean, it's some strong language here. The point Jesus is making, how you receive children determines if you're being like Jesus. Jesus had that child, and their value, you know, that children should, should be not heard or not be seen. I mean, they were just, and then he comes in and he sets them, and then he comes and he embraces that child probably sits him on his lap and says, you, if you're going to receive me, you've got to receive, you gotta receive uh, me like you do this child. And, he, and he's determined nation of being like Jesus. 
In other words, how you receive the least one in the room determines if you're like Jesus, the least one. I told you it wasn't going to be that long. I want some closing remarks here. As a church, we're going to make some adjustments to help us to connect with our children. We're going to have a check-in system that's going to be in the entrance area. That way that we can, because right now, you know, they kind of go over that way. We don't even know their names, you know. How many of us know Laura, Laura's two children's name? But we're going to have an, an opportunity for us as a church to have the heart of Jesus towards the least among us and that we can get to know them and we can greet them and, and learn um, more about them. So we're going to do some things like that. We're going to ask the kids to, and we're going to try this. We're going to have the kids join us for singing for that first song in worship. I mean, the whole families, I love that. When I, did, uh, when I had my kids with me, we would worship together. We're going to have that, that we may have the heart of Jesus towards uh, children, the least among us. So I'm going to give you four points on personal application in your notes here. First one, to be great like Jesus is through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, when we're serving God, when we're doing things for God, it's not that because we have self-determination. It's, it's allowing God's strength and presence of the Holy Spirit to work in us, to make us, to be like Jesus. And, and so we are allowing ourselves, humbling ourselves. God, we admit that we need you. And we need your strength. We can't do this Christian thing on our own. And so we're allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us and through us to be like Jesus. And that's the only way that we can be like Jesus. The second point, to be great by being last. Let's have a mindset. We're going to be the last. We're going to prefer others in front of us. I mean, if there is one last donut hole out there. We're all going to stand around and say, no, you take it. No, you take it. You take it. No, you take it. Our argument is going to be who is going to be last. That's what we want to do, have the heart of Jesus. Number three, be great by serving. Come to serve. Look for ways to serve. I already had conversations about people who are fixing the windows, working on the roof, bringing donuts. I mean, just, just a servant's heart. Have a servant's heart. Be involved in some kind of ministry of serving. And maybe it's going to be the teaching, the, the children's ministry. Man, that's, a, that's important. God says that's, that's a great, great ministry to be involved in. Some of, but be a servant. Not just a servant here in these four walls, but just be a servant wherever you go, serving people, helping people. Have that servant's heart. Be great by serving. And number four, be great by loving everyone equally. Be great by loving everyone equally. It doesn't matter who they are and what age they are, what color you are. No color matters more than any other color. No country matters more than any other country to God. 
no person, no position in life matters more to God. And I think that's the way we should treat people as well. We all matter to God. And we're going to love them. He'd been the least among us. A group of tourists visiting a picturesque village walked by an old man sitting beside a fence. In a rather patronizing way, one tourist asked him, were any great men born in this village? The old man replied, nope, only babies. <laughs> People are great, not because they're born great, but because they have the potential of greatness. And we can say that of children, yes, but we can say about each one of us. See, I think when we get to heaven, I think God's going to tip the scales on a lot of areas. And there's going to be some people that, man, we would never think that they accomplished a whole lot for, for Jesus Christ. And God's going to bring them over and they're going to have these rewards. And it's going to be revealed how they had the heart of God. I think also some people that are maybe in the prime light of things, ministry, they can still have great rewards and there still can be people to, that do that. But I think that we may be surprised of who really had greatness according to God's definition. So let's be great in the things that matter most to God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, there is no greater one than you. God, you are the correct definition of greatness. All the works that you do are great. You're the only one who understands what true greatness looks like. And help us to see that view of greatness. And Father, would you just, if we need it, adjust our attitude, our view towards children, to make them as important as any other person that we meet. To the least of us, may we equally love each one like you love. We are grateful that you have called us your children and you love the least among us as you have loved the greatest among us. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, amen.